Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The curator of the Gabba, he's the most... I wouldn't say under pressure, but he, he, he'll have a bit of attention over the next week in terms of horticulture, and I don't think there's anyone in Australia more focused on in terms of what kind of pitch we're going to get at the Gabba for the first test. And, uh, hey, it's right in the wheelhouse of the Mowers Club. So Dave Sandersky joins us right now. Mate, um, thank you for joining us. How's your last week been, mate? Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, last week's been pretty hectic, I suppose. I've been checking the forecast non-stop and, yeah, just keeping an eye on the weather the whole time, just trying to decide when to start this wicket. Yeah, I, I, like, I like playing my golf, for instance. So I'm across my weather app. Uh, you know, I check it occasionally, and oh, do I need to take the, the, the umbrella to the kids' sport or whatever? I can't imagine that you go, I don't know, what, an hour without looking at what's happening with the conditions and the radar? Because how important is it to try and get a wicket cherry ripe for day one of a test match that's going to be viewed by millions around the world? Yeah, no, it's very important to get that right. And that's the hardest thing because in our industry, making wickets, the biggest thing is actually getting that forecast right. So we rely on the forecast heavily as to when we start the wicket. So if you start a wicket too early, you can overcook it. But if you start it too late, you can end up with nothing at all. Yeah, tell us more about that. Like, I love my cricket, but in terms of you're just talking about then when to start the wicket, what, what's that process involving? And what are the different outcomes in terms of if, if you don't get it right? You know, I suppose so. when you start a wicket, you need the profile full of water. So the depth of the black soil is about 250 mil deep. So you want that 100% full of water before you start it so it can survive you know, the five days of a test match basically without water. So to normally to do that, then we'll start a wicket, say, about if you get good weather, that's sort of four or five days out the final phase of the rolling of a wicket. Um, and then when the weather comes into play, you have to, you know, alter that start time of whether you go out, you know, five or six days out. So that's a big one. We rely heavily on that forecast to decide when we're going to start it. So tell us about the, the, the rolling process. So you need a, a break in the weather. It can't just hose down and expect to have a wicket ready for a test match. You, you, you need a couple of days grace to, to get it prepped to a certain point. No, exactly right. So if we had... You know, two days straight of rain where you couldn't even get the cover off, you wouldn't even be able to get a wicket up. You'd have to obviously start one a lot earlier and it'd be overdone by then. So, yeah, you probably need, like, this is Brisbane conditions, say, like, you probably need four days where you get, say, two-thirds of the day where you get a good crack at it um, to get something decent up. But obviously, you know, four or five good days makes it a lot easier. How does it go to, obviously, the Gabba that the Aussies have had a tremendous amount of success there. Obviously, the, the, I think, did we say, Adam, India, we lost India last yeah. series. was the first time in, in 30, 30 years, yeah. I think it was. Um, and we've always had so much success up there. Do you feel, or is you, in your preparations, are you thought to, to the benefit the Aussie sides or what we prefer to play uh, in, under those sort of conditions? Um, not really. I think the, you just prepare the wicket the same the Gabba has been prepared all the time. I think the advantage of the Gabba is obviously... It's similar to Perth. It's got a bit more bounce than some of the other wickets around the country. And a lot of the visiting teams, when they get off the plane and play here first, it takes them a while to get acclimatised, that bounce. And that's yep. probably something that helped suit India last year. You know, that was the fourth game, I think, of the series. So, you know, they had a bit of time to prepare into Australian conditions. So 
I think that's where the big advantage has been, is being having the first test, you know, foreigners coming in and not having much preparation time. It sort of takes a bit of time to adjust to the wicket. But, you know, I've been lucky enough to be taught by Kevin and his, and his father, and we used to keep doing the same similar techniques and trying to keep the same wicket the whole time here. Well, I'm pretty sure it was at the Gabba. Was it when Dean Jones brought out the helmets when it hailed all those years ago? I think it was one of the great memories I remember up there. Mate, in terms of, you know, I just remember growing up that you had the, the, the Gabba had its own unique style. So did the WAC, obviously, spin-friendly Sydney. With these drop-in pitches, how does that sit with, with your side of things that, that, that's sort of probably totally different to, to the normal pitches? Yeah, that's a bit of a tricky one too. I think any curator probably prefer to use permanent wickets. You know, they're a little bit easier to work on. But having said that, the drop-in technology has advanced so much in the last 20 years. Like, I've been lucky enough, I've spent a bit of time in Melbourne, so I've prepared drop-ins as well. So they are a little bit tricky. But as I said, everyone, the technology around is getting a lot smarter and it's getting a lot easier to prepare a better wicket with a drop-in. But, yeah, I think most curators around the world would rather do, you know, permanent ones if they had the chance to. Um, what's it like with the outfield, mate? Obviously, you're in, they're in Brisbane, so prevailing conditions makes it easy to grow grass. Uh, do you need the Charlie carp? Do you need to spray it with the fertiliser, or is it just all okay? Because it does look beautiful up there. It's, it's so quick, and I remember at Marsh Cup game a couple of weeks ago, Queensland, uh, Western Australia, it looked like a, a billiard table. Yeah, no, we do use plenty of fertilisers. Don't worry about that. You know, there's tons <laughs> of them going out, but, yeah... No, the weather up here does make it a little bit easier to grow grass, but having said that, the amount of rain we've had the last uh, 10 days, I think we've had about 300 mils in 10 days, it ends up actually being a little too much, especially for the wicket blockers it stays wet all the time because the infiltration rate there is quite poor. But the field itself is uh, unreal. We can cop nearly any amount of rain and be back on playing sort of 20, 30 minutes after. So the field itself, because it's sand and free draining, you know, it handles it really well. Like the field's dry as a bone at the moment. Um, it's just more the wicker block you've got to be careful because you, know, you can have water sitting on there for days on end and that promotes disease which makes the leaf a bit unhealthy and then you chuck a two-ton roller and it doesn't really like it. Obviously the wicker block's a bit different but in terms of the outfield, is it much different when you're changing seasons from, from the AFL to the, to the cricket? Do you, do you have much difference in how do you prepare you know, the, the, the outfield area? Yeah, no, there's a huge difference. So... Especially for, I think, Brisbane venues and I think Sydney SCG is the same. We're in a sort of climate where we can't quite go ryegrass all year round or we can't quite go cooch grass all year round. So for football season, we're usually ryegrass, so we over-sow that in about April. And then as soon as AFL season's finished, we actually poison that and grow the cooch back from underneath that. So mm. that process can take around the six to eight week mark. Um, and it's a pretty scary time of the year when you spray the field out and all you've got left is about 30 or 40% cover. Yeah, well, that happened out at Campbelltown with uh, MacArthur. They had to move their A-League games because, uh, unfortunately, they decided to spray it not once. They forgot they sprayed it once, and they did it twice. Well, and, uh, yeah. Um, Dave, you have to poison it. That's what I've done with most of my relationships throughout my life. So if you need any help with that, Dave, I'm certainly a man. And your liver. And your yep, liver. All right. <laughs> no, uh, that, that was unfortunate. Ever had a bindi problem with one of your fields, Dave? I've got a bindi problem in my back, backyard at the moment. Yeah, not too much this field. No, there's not too much weed out in this one. But, yeah, no, I think I've had a couple of bindi problems at home myself. <laughs> hey, um, do you, when the, the actual game's going on, um, do you actually get to kick back and view it? Obviously, you're keep, keeping an eye on the radar, especially up there in Brisbane when those dark clouds form over the Darling Downs and they uh, make their way down pretty quickly down to Brisbane. But do you actually get to kick back and watch a bit of cricket? 
Yeah, you know, I'll pretty much watch every ball that's bowled here. But, um, yeah, the whole time, you don't get a real chance to enjoy because you're constantly focusing you know, on weather or how the wicket's performing. So mm. I'd much rather watch a test at someone else's venue where you can relax a little bit more. Does Nathan Lyon chime in with his two cents, given that he was a groundsman, uh, one of the, the fields down in, there in Adelaide by the Torrens? He was, he was taking charge of that before he got to go in uh, professional cricket. Yeah, no, Nathan always comes and has a chat. No, but he's really good about it too. So he knows, you know, he's got a bit of a background in it, which helps him and that. But no, he's always comes up and has a bit of a chat and tries to give it inside info. Well, Dave, we're going to leave it there, mate, because you've got a, uh, a pitch to get on to prepare. You can't just hang around on uh, the phone all, all day and just talk rubbish with us. So, um, mate, good luck with the, the pitch preparation. Hopefully you get that weather conditions that you need to um, have, uh, have a good contest between bat and ball. And as long as it's Australia doing all the stuff with the bat and ball, we're happy. So good luck, mate. No, thank you very much. And, Finchie, I hope you can get those Parramatta Eels up this year. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you Club what, legend. I, 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 took them, I took them down, Dave. I hope I can get them up. There's not many teams I did get up, let me tell you. It could be a tough one. Yeah, I've been long suffering. I need them to get up once in a while. Oh, I know. I tell you, they weren't too far away. I tell you, if they play like they did in that uh, Penrith semi final, which I thought they were outstanding, yep. they'll, they'll be in the mix again. They, they, they uh, finished the season really well those last couple of weeks. David, yep. really I think appreciate it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but, mate, good luck up there. Really appreciate your time in the Mowers Club and uh, go well. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. David Sandusky joining us from the, the, the beauty of Dave, he's got all the pressure of, of uh, preparing a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the weather is horrendous up the east, eastern seaboard of Australia. And he's just worried about what are my ears doing? <laughs> what are my I love it. Typical Aussie. I love it. I love it.